Isaiah, Isaiah 54.2. Isaiah 54.2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. We can read that. It's so short we can read it twice. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Don't, do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Father, your word is good to us. It can transform our minds if we apply it. And so we ask for the power to apply it to our lives today. Make it real that we can go home and implement it right away. And become more like Christ. And be more effective in your hands for your gospel. We thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray and everyone said, amen and amen. Or you may be seated. The book of Isaiah is written um, kind of in two parts. Um, it, it, there wasn't really great things going on while he was writing it. The Syrians were in pretty much in charge. And he's writing about that. Uh, in the first section of the book of Isaiah. And then the second part, he's writing about an exile uh, that, w- that is yet to happen. Uh, the Babylonian exile where Babylon actually conquers Assyria and uh, then exiles, um, exiles Jerusalem into, they take a bunch of people out, kind of leave a puppet government set up. And so you can read in Jeremiah how bad all that begins to look and and um, it was an important event in the history of the Jews being exiled into Babylon the beautiful thing about Isaiah is he doesn't leave you uh, with a negative feeling the name Isaiah means uh, Yeshua saves it's about salvation and so in the midst of other countries conquering and exile and carrying you off into, into their land. There's this sense that God ultimately saves us and has a good plan for us. Jeremiah records the same thing. As they're getting ready to go into exile, he says that God knows the plans he has for them and that it wasn't to harm them, but to prosper them. And so sometimes in our lives, your life is in seasons like mine, right? It's up and down, like I, I've said a lot lately, God will make your path straight, but he never makes it flat, right? So you have mountaintop experiences and then death valley experiences and everything in between, and it's the way your life goes in seasons. The problem is, is we oftentimes uh, carry attitudes from one season into another season. So, well, it's always going to be a struggle. Life's always going to be difficult. You ever been around somebody like that? Uh, I used to, you know, you hear people say, cheer up, it gets worse. I used to work with a guy that said, no good deed goes unpunished. And he said it when he was volunteering, helping a guy. He had his skid steer out there, and then the, the wheel broke off of it. And he wasn't making it. He said, well, no good deed goes unpunished. I'm like, wow, I guess that's your opinion about God, isn't it? But we can often carry a mentality from a difficult season into a season where God wants to expand us, and yet we miss it. Because we're still, de- we're still operating like it's a difficult season. We're still operating like, like, like we're, under, we're under rule of somebody else. We're still operating like we're oppressed. We're still operating like it's bad. 
And Isaiah comes along in this, matter of fact, in the chapter before this, it's a beautiful uh, chapter about Christ and, and him coming to redeem us. And so then you get to chapter 54, and it starts out with this. That God's plan is for us to enlarge our tents. Now, none of you live in tents. Amen? You'd be struggling right now. I'm just letting you know. But this is a, this is a reference back to nomadic periods like Abraham and, and the children of Israel leaving, uh, leaving Egypt and the Exodus and living in tents. And, and so, so it would have been a familiar, uh, a familiar illustration to say, man, God wants you to enlarge your tent. He wants you to expand to grow, to get bigger, to push out. The salvation is coming, and he wants to spread it all over the place. And so Isaiah records this, that he wants to enlarge your tent, and then he, and then he kind of gives some technical ways to do that. Because you know what I'm finding? I'm finding if you tell somebody, um, man, you should have a bigger house, they'll just look at you and go, yeah, <laughs> no kidding. But then if you went to them and gave them a bunch of details about how they could get a bigger house, they might be able to implement that. Tell my kid, like, hey, go, go do this for me. Just go do this. He's still sitting there. I'm like, what? You know, well, I don't know what to do. Well, I have to tell you every step of the way? What? Yes, I'm finding that out. Every step. So Isaiah says he wants to expand your tent. And then he steps to the second part of that verse and he says, you need to lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. And I'll, we're going to focus on that for, I don't know, until Jesus comes back. How about that? <laughs> lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. One of the things that I want to make sure we have in 2018 is an expansion mindset. That God has not called us to be a commune, but a community. Amen? Some of you remember the 90s. The government doesn't look favorably on some of those things. So what the difference between a commune and a community is a community can expand. A commune, you put walls up around it. I'm afraid that in our modern-day church, we can sometimes get the idea of a commune. No more, no less. We like this little group. You know, one of the reasons that typical churches never grow past about 120 people is because that's about how many people you can know. And have relationships, so so I can I can have all my relationship uh, needs fulfilled in church with about 120 people. I know everybody. I know all your stuff. I'm all for bigger churches. I don't know about you. Nobody knows your stuff. So um, so so we can keep it small and quaint, and 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 then we can put a wall up around it so no bad stuff gets in, and 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 no good stuff gets out. Right, and we can just live like that. Well, that's we're pretty much setting up a commune. But God called us not to put a wall around something or not just to be satisfied with a couple people, but in Matthew 28, 19, Jesus says, go into all the world. Well, that's a lot bigger than, than most of our visions. That's, that's, wait a second. He didn't say, go to my, just go to my job. He didn't say, just go, just go to the next town over, just go to this. No, he said, Go make disciples of all nations. Every. So we flip back to Isaiah and, and God saying, okay, salvation's coming. Expand your tent. Enlarge your territory. And, and what he's saying is, in the second part of that, 
If you're going to have an expansion of growth mindset, then you need to prepare in advance for what is coming. So he says, if you're going to enlarge your tents, you need to lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. Expansion mindset. You know, one of the things, anticipation goes a long way, doesn't it? Isn't it great when you can anticipate somebody's going to punch you? You can anticipate it. It doesn't hurt near as bad. I I remember um, I I was an acquaintance with a guy who was a professional boxer. And he's probably 10 years older than me. He fought Hector Macho Camacho. I don't know if anybody knows that name. I know that name. It was a huge boxer. He fought this guy. And his his kid and my kid were in the same grade. And we we were doing an orientation at a school. And we're walking through. And he used to punch me all the time. I just think, I'm not a boxer. Stop hitting me. It hurts. <laughs> and so I thought, I'm going to get him, man. I'm going to, when he walks back through with his kid, I'm going to stick him in front of everybody. That's the way your preacher thinks, by the way. <laughs> That's the way he thinks. He had hit me like three times already that night in the shoulder. And I'm way bigger than he is. He had hit me like three times. My shoulder was hurting. And I thought, I'm going I'm to punch him back. <laughs> so we're walking by. I don't even think he sees me coming. He's walking by, he's coming at me, and I'm like, I'm a nonchalantly. I, I was going to go, pow. He knew I was going to punch him before I came around the corner. I don't know how he did it, because I went to raise my hand up like this. He grabs, he reaches over, grabs my hand, and goes, don't do that. <laughs> I was like, anticipation. Anticipation. You know what's funny? When we get married, how many of you anticipated having trouble? I mean, I know you said for better or for worse, but you weren't counting on it. It's not happening. That's why when, when I marry people, I make them come into the office six or 20 times or, you know, however many. But make them come in the office because I, I, I say, okay, listen. What, how do you think about money? And I'll look at the, I'll look at the fiance, like the woman. I'll say, how do you think about money? Well, I think, no, 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 no. Well, ask him, and I'll look at the guy. How do you think about money? And, it's 180 degrees different. It's like the first time they've been dating like 10 years. First time they've ever thought about it. And they look at each other. And I go, That's gonna, that could be a problem later. We need to come to cons- some consensus about where we're going to handle money. You know, and the whole love thing's all taken over. And they're like, oh, it'll work out. I'm like. <laughs> I, I mean, in my experience, can I just give you some advice? It doesn't just work out. It works because you work at it. Right? It doesn't just work out. It doesn't wake up one day and all of a sudden your spouse goes, I think the same way you do. This is crazy. It never happens. So what happens is if you can anticipate the problem, anticipate the pressure before it happens, you can then prepare to handle the pressure. Right? We're going to have kids but we're not expecting them to cry and poop their pants. I'm like, I don't think we talked about me changing diapers here before we had the kid. And I don't understand now why all the pressure's on me. (laughs) My dad said he didn't change diapers. So one of the, uh, one of anticipation gives you the ability to prepare. Now watch this. Don't ever think expansion doesn't come with more pressure. 
And Isaiah is writing this and he's saying, listen, I need you to, I need you to listen up. Cause you could read over this and just be like, oh man, it's great. We're just going to grow. Gospel's going to go forward. It's going to, more money's coming in this year. Woohoo. I read Isaiah 54 too. More money. I heard a preacher say one time, higher levels mean bigger devils. The, the issue is, is that whenever you make a tent bigger, there's more material to catch the wind. Right? Whenever you make a house bigger, you still have to heat it. Whenever you make a bigger family, you still have to feed all them knuckleheads. You still, they will come to your house if you don't feed your kid. You're like, hey, listen, we, we didn't prepare for this one. I ain't got enough. <laughs> I'm going to feed the ones I prepared for. So what oftentimes happens in our lives, one or, one or two things, we're either not, pre, not even thinking about growth or we're thinking about growth but not preparing for it. So here's, I'm a, I'm a my wife will tell you, I underestimate everything. I'm like, oh, it won't be that much. It won't be that hard. It won't take that long. And it always costs more, twice as much. It takes twice as long. It just does. But here's the problem. With little things, we typically can muscle through it. Anybody else a muscle through it guy? Anybody else in here like that? Come on, raise your hand. Be honest. It makes me feel bad when I'm the only one. You just muscle through it, right? Something happens in your life, you're just like, I'll suck it up, muscle through it. It's not that big a deal. But here's the issue. The growth that God wants to do in your life is not a muscle through it growth. It's not an in your strength growth. Because Chris has just been able to muscle through it. That means I could just, in my strength, wake up in the morning, like, I'm going to just determine it's going to happen. I'm going to work harder, do this, stay up later, whatever it takes. And God's like, I actually want to do something through you that is not in your strength to happen. So I need you to prepare in advance for the growth. So Isaiah is saying, you want to stretch out your tent. Yeah, God wants you to, we want, we want to do this. So a couple things first. Lengthen your cords. Come on, you have to have longer ropes to have a bigger tent. And strengthen your stakes. He's talking about structure-wise. He's talking about how you got to make the structure to support the growth. You have the structure to support the growth. Because what happens is, if you build something bigger than the structure will hold, you'll collapse under your own weight. Amen? That's why a football player can become instantly famous overnight by running, but his character will crash him in a year. Because he built something that the structure wouldn't hold. And so he wakes up one morning, and everybody hates his guts because his character didn't match his talent. Come on, we've all had seasons in our lives where the character didn't match the talent. And you're praying nobody finds out. Isaiah's saying God wants to do something in your life. He wants to grow. He wants to expand. God is doing the salvation thing. He's, he's, he's trying to reach people. And he wants the church to expand out. But I need you to get the structure right. I need you to make sure the stake's driven down to the ground. And to do that, you've got to anticipate it and prepare There's a difference between sustaining and expanding. You know, to do what you're already doing, you don't need to know anymore. You're like, oh my goodness, I'm thankful for that. But to do something new, you need to know something different. You say, well, I don't even know how to expand a tent. 
Isaiah said, start with a stake. Drive that stake down deeper because there's going to be more resistance on it. There's going to be more pressure on it. Anticipation allows for preparation. Proverbs 20, verse 4. Sluggards. I should love it when an encouraging verse starts out with sluggard. <laughs> Sluggards do not plow in season, so at harvest time they look but find nothing. He's saying we want bigger things to happen, but the issue is, is we're not building the structure to actually have those things happen later. So he's saying if, if the slugger doesn't plow now, when the harvest comes, there won't be any harvest. It doesn't matter how long you stand over it. It doesn't matter how, many, how much you water it. You didn't prep it in the season it was supposed to be prepped. So when the growth season comes, there's not going to be any growth. I was thinking about it like this. If you just water dirt, you don't put any seed in. It's just mud. And I, even on the Daniel fast, you don't want to eat that. He says, prepare, get ready. If you're going to expand your tent, drive the stake in deeper. There's some, there's some structural issues that need to be dealt with for expansion. We got to do what we need to do in this season. So in the growth season, so when we, so when we see, when, when, when we're realizing what God has for us and what he wants to do through us, when we're in the season where we're like, oh my goodness, it's blowing up. When, when you're in the season of life where things are happening, you never imagined could happen. There's a structure there to sustain it. There's enough strength to sustain it. Let me ask you this. If you knew you were going to have trouble with your teenager, would you have prepared more? It's like when we, when we had kids, you just sit in the, you know, the nurse didn't come in and say, listen, this kid's going to disobey you and lie, and this kid is going to be difficult at times. Everybody's congratulating you and saying how wonderful it is. And you wake up here one day and you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what, to, I don't know how to do this. If, if it was, if we had up front, listen, this marriage thing is the most beautiful thing ever. It's a, it's a picture of how God loves us. It's amazing. And you get to wear a ring and it's cool and you get to live together and all this stuff. And, but listen, you need to prepare. We just fall into it. What happened? I got married yesterday. How'd that happen? I don't know. If you don't anticipate a harvest and properly prepare for one, no matter how bad you want it, it's not going to happen. Anticipation allows for preparation. Isaiah 54, 3, the very next verse says, For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispose nations, dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. He's saying, listen, all this stuff's going to happen, but I need you to drive the stake in deep first. I need you to get the structure right. I need you to pay attention to the thing that's going to have the most stress on it. So how do we do that? We prepare by getting stronger. Growth brings more pressure every time. A larger tent means, like I said, it'll catch more wind. We all want the benefits of growth without the extra pressure, right? Wouldn't that be awesome? No pressure at all. You know, you know what's funny? Um, you watch people that win the lottery, and all of a sudden they got all these friends, family. Or people talk about it. They're like, yeah, I came into some money. And people I've never heard of before started calling me, talking about how they were related to my great uncle Billy or whatever. 
this, this growth thing comes with the pressure and, and we, we underestimate its effect on our lives a lot of times. You have a business when you have when you have when 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 your when the company you work for expands and all of a sudden it's like yeah we're expanding everybody gets a raise and now I got twice as much work to do because growth no matter how good it is always comes with a certain amount of pressure and God is looking at saying the gospel's got to go forward but in order for the gospel to go forward there's there's going to be a little bit of pressure that comes with it and you've got to be strong enough to sustain that. So we need to get stronger, right? We need to get stronger. We're going to focus this, this year on getting stronger. We're going to focus this month especially on getting stronger. We're going to dig into how we, how we hammer those stakes in. Isaiah is saying God wants to expand his people, so there needs to be a strengthening of the equipment. Strengthening comes before growth, or the weight of growth can collapse the tent. Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 8 says, Look at the ant, you sluggard. Here we go again. Observe her ways and be wise, which, having no chief, official, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers provision in the harvest. There's a process to growth. There's a process. You've got to get the right things right in the right season in order for growth to happen. So, so we look at 2018, it's kind of like a blank slate, right? You're looking forward to 2018. You say, God, I want a better marriage. All right. Did you drive that stake down the ground a little farther? Did you deal with those structural issues that are... Now, now, now don't mistake in this. I didn't say send your spouse to a counselor. Well, Lord, the problem with our tent is I got a weak stake. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. The, the issue is, is that you deal with your stuff. Deal with the stuff you can strengthen. Deal with the stuff you can strengthen this year. Say, Lord, I want a better marriage. That means I have to be a better man. That means I have to, I have to drive my stake down the ground deeper. I have, to, I have to be conscious of what you're calling me to do. I have to be conscious about, about my attitude and, and, and my behavior. I have to be conscious about the way I respond. I have to be conscious. I'm gonna, what, what are you going to do? You, you want a better marriage, Chris? How are you going to prepare to receive one? Because what I find out is he's already given me a great wife. Come on, somebody clap. He's already given me a great wife. How great that gets then is my responsibility. <laughs> Drive the stake down. How can I be more concerned? How can I be more compassionate? How can I be, how can I be more? God, I want better kids. I, want them to, I just want them to listen a little more. Chris, did you prepare for them to listen more? Did you prepare? Did you prepare for the tent to get bigger? Well, no, I, just, I, just, I thought I could just pray and make it happen. I just thought I could pray and they would wake up one day and be better. Not that my kids are bad, but they're kids. I, I, Lord, I, I, need, I need you to provide more money for me. I, did you prepare? No, I, I, don't, I don't want to prepare for it. I don't want to have a budget. It's like, I, I'll, okay, Lord, I'll stay in a small tent. No, I, I don't want to, I just need you to give me more. And he says, I want to give you more, but I'm afraid when I give you more, the tent's going to blow away because you didn't drive the stake down. 
Now watch this. I, we have some real life experience in this. Uh, last couple of years, there's been some men from the church go camping way down the farthest south point on the, on the Outer Banks. You can possibly go. There's nothing there. It's 14 miles of nothing but beach. There's nothing. There's a lighthouse uh, that they still charge you to go into. And I'm like, nobody's here. Um, so we go all the way down the inn and we set up tents. Now watch this. When you start out t- camping, you buy a little tent and you get those little teeny little stakes, right? And you start out setting the tent up and you push it in with your hand and then you pu- just push it in with your foot. And you're like, man, look at my tent. It's awesome. Well, what we found out was we get out there on the beach and if you stick spikes in the ground like that, you're going to be with your tent flying away in the middle of the night. So you have to, so how you know people really know how to put up a tent is the stakes that they bring. <laughs> Watch this. The preparation that they made beforehand will tell you how, how serious they are about their tent staying staked down. So I got some stakes this year I thought were really impressive. You, you, you had to screw them into the ground. And so I'm working like, just working on them, working on them. And my tent didn't go anywhere this year. The water did come into it, but it did not wash it away. (laughs) Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for that. But I do remember sleep camping in a, in a, like the first tent time we camped out, uh, it was probably 10, 12 years ago. This church had a, in the, in the fall would have a camping thing. We, we'd go and camp. Because uh, that's what churches in Back Creek Valley do. And so we were camping. And uh, my ki- all my kids were real little. I think my son was probably two or three years old. Don't judge me. It was 20 degrees out. We were sleeping in a pup tent. Yes, he was too. <laughs> so um, we got this little three-man pup tent. And why do they call them three-man pup tents? I don't know. You can't get two dudes in that thing. <laughs> so we had this little pup tent thing just popped up, came with the little stakes. And we... And we um, there's five of us and a hundred pound golden retriever. And it got 20 degrees out that night. And so we, we got in the tent and laid down and I realized I was doing the cardinal sin of camping. My back was actually up against the tent side. And you know what I mean? That means, right? All the water is going to come in. And my wife was on the other side. We're trying to keep the kids warm. I don't know why we were just doing it. So, um, and then the dog came in and laid down. So there were six people in this tent. My son started coughing. And you know what I thought? We're going to muscle through this thing. Man, the Jones family doesn't quit early. We're going to muscle through it. And, uh, and what I realized is sometimes you can't muscle through lack of preparation. And so I realized that I needed better equipment. And so... We left at like 3 o'clock in the morning. We're like, Jones family's out. We just left the tent there. We don't even want it. Don't even work anymore. So we rolled out and, um, and realized that we had not anticipated our family growing to the point of outgrowing the pub tent. And so the next year we anticipated growth and we bought like a 30-man tent. No, it was like 14. It, like, we had two families sleep in that thing one time. It doesn't help the snoring. It's not that big. But it, uh, we had two families sleep in one time. But the next year we showed up, guess what? I didn't have the same stakes. This year I had bigger stakes because I had a bigger tent. 
And I had to make sure the thing didn't fly away. I had to make sure the same stakes that held the little pup tent down were not going to hold the big 14-man tent down that you could stand up in. It had all kinds of structure. It was not going to, it, it was going to catch more wind. It was going to be more problems. It took me longer to set up. It was, but when we got in the tent, I stood up. I was like, I'm the king of my domain now. Look, bring the dog in here. It's big, right? You could have a place where you could take your shoes off and everything. So what I'm, what I'm saying to you this morning is that if, if you're in a sustained mindset, like, I don't know if this thing's going to get better. First of all, I want you to change your mind about what God wants to do in your life this year. Speaking through Isaiah to you saying, hey, he wants to expand your tent. You're not a victim. You're a conqueror through Christ. He's already won the victory. He wants to expand your tent. He wants to enlarge your territory. So guess what that means? I've got to prepare for it. I've got to act like right now it's going to happen. I'm going camping next year, and my family can't fit in a pup tent anymore. I'm going to change my mindset about it. I'm going to go out and buy a tent that we can all fit in and invite some friends over. I'm going to expand my territory. But I've got to prepare and anticipate that God is actually going to do something good in my life. Stop woe is me and everything. No, God is going to do something good in my life. And the evidence that I believe that is I'm preparing for it now. Now watch. I need you to focus. Focus. We throw the term around ADHD, every adult, every adult that... That, that can't focus for 30 seconds, blames it on that, when the reality is you check your email every 30 seconds and Facebook every 15 seconds, and it just doesn't provide for us to be a very focused society anymore, right? Now focus, because preparation takes focus. Have you ever driven a big stake down to the ground, anybody? I mean, a big one. Watch this. I've, I've driven a lot of stakes down the ground, construction uh, Years I was in construction. And this is typically the way it goes. You get a stake. And one really lucky guy holds it. <laughs> like this, right? Holds it up. And then the other even luckier guy has an eight-pound sledgehammer. And he goes, dude, trust me. I wasn't drinking last night. It's all fine. And, and he swings it. Wham! Wham! The whole time the other guy's down here holding it like this. Going, Jesus, if you've ever protected me, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like that. So I want you to imagine what happens. We're, we're, we're like, man, God's going to do something good. I'm driving a stake down the ground. You're like, boom, boom. God, you're going to bless my finances. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive this financial stake down the ground. I'm going to do what you've called me to do financially. Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even start tithing this year. Boom. I'm going to start being generous like you've been to me. And then we go, 0% financing on a new car? <laughs> or, or, Lord, I want a better marriage. I'm going to start driving the stake down the ground. I don't know why I'm hitting this with my eyes closed. That's not good either. <laughs> Drive the stake down the ground. Boom, boom, boom. And then we go, I can't believe she said that to me. And we... Next thing you know, we're not hitting the stake anymore because we've shifted our attention to something that won't strengthen us. And I don't know about you, but this happens to me all the time. All the time. It's called New Year's resolutions. 
I'm going to be stronger this year. I weigh more this year than I did last year, and it's not from muscle. <laughs> That's what happens. We, we, we're like, Lord, I want to... So what happens is we have to develop things called disciplines. Disciplines. Where we say, I'll get up every morning and read your word, even, even if I'm tired. I'll get up, even if I had to stay up late last night. I'm going to get up and read your word because that's going to make the tent stake stay down where it needs to stay. I'm going to, I'm going to be in a connect group. I'm going to be in community because you didn't call me to do this thing by myself. And even when somebody irritates me, I'm going to keep going back. I'm going to, Lord, I'm going to do this. I'm going to strengthen myself this year with a discipline of generosity. Even when it feels like I want something that I don't have. Even when it feels like I don't have enough to get what I want, I'm going to strengthen myself. I'm going to make a discipline of driving the stake down deeper. But it takes focus. And here's what I'm finding. If we as a congregation could, could anticipate God's blessing on us and be focused and disciplined to strengthen ourselves, God will pour out a blessing on us that we cannot contain, the Bible says. And not just financial or relational, but a blessing of impact across this area. A blessing of impact and influence across the world. A blessing of the gospel going forward in a way that we never anticipated. But we have to strengthen ourselves first. I don't want to be a church in 10 years that go, oh, wasn't that a good church at one time? They just didn't strengthen themselves good enough. I want us to show up in 10 years. I want to show up in 50 years and 80 years. And, and like, like Caleb going, I'm just as strong now today as I was the first day I laid eyes on this place. I'm just as strong. You know why? Because I've had the discipline of strengthening. And I never let up. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Father, we thank you this morning. Lord, I have the ability to be a scatterbrain just like everyone else. And Lord, if I'm honest, what I do is I just let my desires shift. I can start out strong. But I need you to help me to be strong through the whole season. Lord, we need you to help us drive the stake into the ground. We realize this morning that you want us to do things that are beyond our capability. You want us to expand beyond our our imagination. You, you want to do things in us that do not come from human strength. And so we pray supernaturally that you'd enable us to strengthen ourselves. That we'd put on the whole armor of God. That we'd, that we'd, that we'd daily do the disciplines to become strong. I pray that we'd wake up every morning this year with the attitude that your goal is to prosper us, to bless us, that you do have a plan for us, and it's not to harm us. But God, you saved us and redeemed us for your purpose and your will, and Lord, your gospel can go forward through us in a miraculous way. So Lord, we pray that the beginning of this year that you'd let us drive the stake down deeper. Lord, we pray that our relationships will benefit from it, our families would benefit from it, Lord, let us drive the stake down. Let us prepare for growth, God. Strengthen us. In Jesus' name.
Come on, church. Could you give him honor and praise this morning for it? He's good. Amen.